0: There's not a parent amongst us who doesn't want their child to do well. Them doing well gives them more options and it raises their self-esteem and their confidence. And often, from our own point of view, it's what we know that they're truly capable of. But is there a danger of us becoming more invested in them reaching these arbitrary exam-driven goals on their behalf and lose sight of who they're actually for? Is there a risk that we could become responsible for their achievements? Hello and welcome to the Study Sessions podcast. I'm Nathan, founder of The Study Buddy and your host. In this, our third season of the podcast, we're chatting with parents, students and teachers to hear how things are going. Specifically, we're interested in the highs and the lows, the trials and the tribulations in the run-up to exams in 2022. We'll be covering everything from trouble getting going to burning the candle at both ends from those students who are overzealous and anxious to those who are underperforming yet nonchalant. Through these shared real-world experiences, I hope that you'll take comfort that you're not alone. Perhaps more importantly, I hope that you'll take away some insights and advice that can help you to support your own team so that they'll not just survive the exams, but thrive in the preparation. So, if you're a parent, a carer, or a teacher, be sure to subscribe. This week, I'm chatting with Katie. Katie and husband John have two boys, Theo, who's taking his GCSEs this summer, and Joel, who's still got a couple of years before he's got his to look forward to. Katie, it's really lovely to have you on the show. Let's start by finding out a bit more about you. What's life like for the Rand family?
1: Yes, well, we're incredibly fortunate because we are both voiceovers which I I guess is a gift or a curse in the sense that we're both based at home. So in terms of being a parent approaching GCSEs, you know, bless Theo, there is nowhere for him to hide in the sense that we are aware of his screen time, we are aware of his rest time. You know, it's not like I'm stuck in a courtroom at, you know, goodness knows at night. Or, You know, we are very much here and omnipresent. (laughs) (laughs) In terms of how he is managing his time which I think is great for us not so great for Theo
0: <laughs> I can I'm sure that he feels nothing but love constantly
1: well I hope so we do completely adore him
0: so, <laughs> so if he's listening that you're getting your you're getting the bonus like the brownie points in early are you yeah. ready to sort of dish <laughs> the dirt as we as we go on yes and so Theo's I say is taking his GCSEs this year mm-hmm How was lockdown for him and and sort of last year, the first year of GCSEs? Did he cope well with sort of distance learning and that kind of thing?
1: He was beautiful in terms of coping with the isolation. Um, He's very fortunate that he gets on relatively well with his brother. So... Home was pretty harmonious, you know, it wasn't a horrible battleground. Hmm. I mean, he got really bored because, of course, it's the age where your peers become really important to you and however nice your family are, they're just not going to cut it. Our experience, I think, was lovely in terms of a family unit, but... The learning, I think he had a really tough time. I mean, he was delightful and he stayed in his room and he he was on. The school were amazing in the sense that their provision was incredible and they had live lessons all the time, right from the start. So we couldn't fault them at all. As far as Theo's engagement in it, he was mixed. The first lockdown, he was in year nine. And I did a lot of homeschooling with him and a lot of sort of making sure that he was reading stuff, making sure that he was handing stuff in. Mm. And then for GCSE, they just ramped it up to more... Actually, they didn't have live lessons. They sent through the work initially. And then in GCSE, they had live lessons. So I had to very much leave him to it. Because obviously the teacher wanted, You know, Theo didn't want me hanging around in the background. So we put him in his room, absolutely isolating on his own, and one time I took him in a cup of tea and I said, "'Oh, can you hear the teacher?' (laughs) And he said... Not really. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh goodness, okay.
0: <laughs> but, but not a barrier to letting the teacher know that he couldn't hear that. No. no.
1: Well, he just didn't have the volume turned up. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah. Ah. So that's the level that we're sometimes dealing with. That uh, what year was it? It was in year two beautiful teacher, Mr. Anderson, said, can I have a word, Mrs. Ranton? I said, yeah, sure. He said, Theo, lovely boy, isn't he? He sometimes, he's baffling. He was always described as baffling. (laughs) Sometimes he's brilliant and he really wants to learn, and other times I can't can't get through to him. And so I just teach Theo when he wants to be taught. (laughs) And I said, okay, that's, you know, because of course it was year two, you know, you think, yeah, fine. Why not? You know, he'll get it in the end. But I don't think he's ever lost that ability to zone out and zone in when he's incredibly interested. We've had him tested and he's got a uh, slow processing. Okay. According to the tests, you know, if dyslexia, no, computer says no, you know, comes back. This child has absolutely no signs of dyslexia whatsoever. But he really finds reading very uncomfortable. So he can read, absolutely, and he can read beautifully. And he's, my sister said, who's a sort of super teacher, he's been over in the sense that he knows how to read. He reads beautifully. The meaning sometimes isn't there. Or it's not the meaning, is it? It's the understanding isn't there. Over
0: phonics. Well, that sounds entirely painful, doesn't it?
1: It does, doesn't it? That in, in the sense that his fluidity of reading is brilliant, but sometimes he's not engaging with what he's
0: reading. Okay, so he's not, as you say, he's not taking in a sense of what those what those words are. I see.
1: He's not taking it in. Um, so he can read fine, but it, it's that disconnect. So is it slow processing? We don't know. Hmm. Uh, that's what we've been told. But it's, it, it's sort of extreme
0: maleness which sounds terribly sexist, but... I think it sounds sexist because it might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although I'm not in a position to defend my gender, actually. I think I, because I, I, mean, I do know exactly what you mean. And I think my wife would accuse me of it uh, as well. If
1: Theo is interested in something, he's amazing. <laughs> if he's not interested, he's not interested. I've, this is terribly totally sexist and people can shoot me down. But I feel more that um, girls are able to somehow go, do you know what? It's important, so I'm going to do it. Whereas I think for a lot of boys, it feels like, oh, yeah, do I have to, really? My other son's got the pleaser gene, which is, I'll do it for the teacher. Mm. So yeah, it's not, maybe it's not a gender thing. It feels like a gender thing, because when I see my dad and when I see my husband and when my you know, all the men in my life, it feels right.
0: <laughs> so I mean, I would, as I say, I'm... You've described me. So I'm I am i am not in a position to to defend my honor, let alone anybody else's. But I think it's probably that that, that it's a trait displayed predominantly by, but not exclusively by yes. men. So as you say, then yes, your younger exactly. son is yeah. is um is completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. So that slow processing, do you mm-hmm. think that has a significant impact or is that the cause of his zoning in and, and zoning out?
1: Possibly. I don't know. I'd love to. I'd love to get to the bottom of it. We've tried lots of different techniques. But the, the amazing thing about Theo's brain is he's very creative. Mm. And things creative come incredibly easy to him. Like he's doing GCSE music and his compositions are beautiful.
0: Mm.
1: And you think you've done that effortlessly. And yet something like. I don't know, a geography essay on tourism. He's really getting there. I feel like Theo, given another year, would actually be fine. Mm. But it's almost like he, he's missed so much, possibly through lockdown, possibly through his own ability to keep engaged and keep listening. But now he's starting to do that lovely reflection. He's starting to go, oh, I do need to make more points in order to score more points. But that's come relatively late.
0: Yes. And as you say, I think an awful lot of that's down to the fact that, I mean, they have missed that time. um, And a lot of them in front of teachers. I mean, even, even remote's not the same. And although you said that Theo can zone in and zone out. My um, my own daughter, who has the pleaser gene in spades, would not have her video on for all the tea in China. There's no way that video was going on. She'd get on with making her breakfast or look at what the cat was doing. And I just think that's a, yeah amplified teenager, isn't it? I think they're just not there to be able to do it. And I think that has caused them to miss an awful lot of sort of teacher time where the, the teachers would dissect answers and questions and give them that kind of feedback so they know what to do.
1: I also massively admire Theo for not being a pleaser because he's a lovely lad hmm. and he's also not in the slightest bit competitive. So the whole of school, sort of, in terms of attainment, sort of doesn't make sense to him because you think, why, why do I need... To? Why do I need to be the best in the class? Why do I need to be in group one? Why do I need... You know, it, he gets quite existential quite quickly when you talk to him. And you end up... that Beyonce said that lovely thing, didn't she? She said, my daughter has made me meet myself. <laughs> and it's horrible what Theo... He sort of holds up a mirror and you see yourself as for this sort of slightly competitive. And I never think of myself this way, but that's how I navigated school. You know, I was quite geeky, wanted to be in group one, wanted to do well. Didn't want to be away from my peers in terms of my attainment had a very very academically successful brother and sister and so it just made sense that I had to just keep up even though I wasn't naturally as clever as they were I was more creative but I needed to get A's because they got A's so I just had to work twice as hard but he doesn't he doesn't ask that of himself which is actually really refreshing.
0: <laughs> yeah I think it's fantastic I mean because you, you wouldn't in, in no other point in life would you want to put your children up against three quarters of a million others and say, right, we're going to rank you and we're going to tell the world for the rest of your life on your CV how well you've done. It's messed up. And we worry about mental health. It does seem, yeah, the clues are there for those who want to see them. But at the same time, as you say, it's, I think if you can have that competitiveness against yourself, maybe, I want to do the best that I've done. Yeah. I think there's that kind of drive, isn't it, that really we want to see in our children so that they, sort of self-efficacy, isn't it? This whole sort of wanting to just keep doing more and, and doing better than they've done before.
1: Yeah, which I think he gets. And he's started to care more because he wants to stay in sixth form.
0: Hmm.
1: We're sort of in the, the mid-mark range at the moment. And so in order to stay on, he's got to get certain fives and sixes and, and get sevens in, in the ones he'd like to do.
0: And so which are the ones that he's, what, what are his current favourite choices for his A-levels? He's got a lovely brain that is good at art and is also
1: decent at maths. So he wants to do maths,
0: art and criminology. Wow. I know. Sounds fantastic. I wish I'd done something like criminology when I was at college. I, know. I think that those kinds of things, that I do envy them, that they can find something that they that's interesting. And the awful thing is, again, as a parent, you go, but
1: Theo, you don't like writing essays and it's all essays. Hmm. And he goes, no, but I'll be interested in it. And you go, I can't limit you by saying anything because actually you are the master of your own destiny. And if you want to do it, you'll probably be able to do it but right now he feels quite a long
0: way away from that. And so with his with his A levels you say that he needs to hit the um the sevens in the subjects that he wants to do.
1: Yeah, like they need the school are very keen that you if for example maths which is an insanely hard A level isn't it that you need a 7.
0: Mm. And how is he and how does he feel about that at the moment? So what's he is he does he feel like he it's possible he could be on track to do it? He thinks so. He's just done his mocks and um
1: it was a really. <laughs> this is very honest. I had
0: to go to a counsellor. You went to the counsellor. I went to the counsellor. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going for a neutral tone because you're laughing, but I'm not sure that I should. <laughs> no, you can laugh. It's okay. You're a parent. We're, we're we are in this together, Katie. There's no. So why why did you go to a counsellor?
1: Why did I go to a counsellor? I went to a counsellor because I needed to sort my um, head out about how. How I was compare not comparing Theo to me, but I was just I couldn't I couldn't let him fail. If you know what I mean, I needed to constantly say, "Oh, sweetheart, do you think you should probably do some revision tonight? Little bit, <laughs> <laughs> little bit of revision, um, biology, <laughs> anything." <laughs> I was just exhausted by it, and it was making him miserable. And it was making me miserable. So I just thought, do you know, what? I need to go and see somebody about this. And I would see this beautiful lady in, in our hometown who was great. And she just said, you, you have permission to let him fail or to let him do what he's doing. They're not your GCSEs. <laughs> you are ultimately, you can support him. You can suggest things. But ultimately, you are not responsible for his attainment. And it made me just take the biggest breath and go, thank you, thank you. So if he fails, it's not my failure, you know, I, as a mother, if you know what I mean. And, you know, that beautiful the beautiful truth that failure is data acquisition, that's all it is. And so if you fail as an individual, you learn so much. So who am I to deprive Theo If he doesn't work and he doesn't get the grades and he doesn't go into sixth form, who am I to say, A, first of all, that's a failure because actually there's so many amazing college courses that you can do. And also it's his failure that he needs to own and learn from it rather than me rescuing him all the time from from life's knocks.
0: Well, I and mean, we hear that an awful lot, don't we, that, that parenting now is, that the approach we take is preparing the road for our child rather than the, the child from the road. So I guess that it sounds to me that that's, that's effectively what this um, beautiful counsellor lady was was telling you, that actually you've done the right things you need to from a mothering parenting perspective. Yeah. But there's only so much you can do. And how did Theo take, because I'm, I'm sort of assuming that you then... Either Theo would have noticed a change in you. Yep. Your voice dropped a couple of octaves. <laughs> he started talking more normally. Um, <laughs> did you actually sit down with him and say, I've, I've seen someone and so now this is going to be my approach? Yeah.
1: So his um, mocks, he very much navigated himself. So we we have no idea how well or inadequately he prepared for those. So you really
0: you really, really took a step back. So you don't know yeah. what provision he was doing, if any. No. Which is quite liberating, isn't it? Probably for you and also for Theo.
1: It was lovely. And also we, we were doing an audiobook at the time. So professionally, we were insanely busy. So it was that beautiful mm. worlds colliding that actually Theo's in charge now. He's got this, he's got this. And if he hasn't, he was really lovely. And he said, look, if I don't do... Well, we can change it because we, we were previous to all of this. We, we had Theo because his concentration is really compromised. Mm. His phone has always got to be away from him. Uh, they're an iPad school, so everything is delivered via iPad, which is really challenging mm. for Theo because, of course, you've got notifications pinging through all the time. Exactly. So we were saying, why don't you work downstairs? Everything's quiet. You can just do your 40 minutes and then have your nice break and then come back and do another 40 minutes. But he said, no, 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 no. I want to go upstairs. I want to do it on my own. And of course, we did that. My mum my and dad never knew what I was doing at all. So No, exactly. He deserves that privacy. So we built him an insanely long desk in his room um, out of uh, kitchen kitchen, worktop. Right. <laughs> I printed off all his checklists for him that the school had provided of all the things that he needed, laid it all out, bought all the revision aid books and just said, there you go, there's your space, there's a smelly candle for a, <laughs> for a nice environment, go for it. And so at least he had everything, you know, he had it all in in terms of it was all laid out. He didn't need to clear it up. You know, every night it was all, no. he could just create his own space. And interestingly, last night was, I said to him, oh, that was it, I was listening to Your Lovely Daughter. And she was talking about, you know, writing flashcards, which is exactly what I did. And I said, can I play you this? And he went, oh, what are you doing now? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, can I just play you this lovely young lady? And um, he said, yeah, go on then. <laughs> So he listened and I said, how, I'm just, I just want you to reflect a little bit on how, what works for you. And interestingly, he said, right, I'm going to put the topic at the top of the page. I'm going to put Macbeth context and then I'm going to watch loads of videos on it. And then I'm going to make notes on the videos. And then I'm going to write myself some questions and then I'm going to answer the questions and I said, that sounds great. Mm. That sounds like a brilliant thing to do. Because of course if if you're if you find it tough to read, then watching videos is fantastic.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Cool. So yeah, he he did say that he did say that might be form the basis of his of his revision. I think he finds it really difficult to like for me again, I would have all my checklists and then I would go right electrolysis or osmosis or and I would work through them methodically whereas he doesn't seem to want to do that which again you can judge but then you think actually some of the things he says mum I know them I've got them and I never did that I just did everything I didn't think actually what's the best use of my time is stuff I can't actually do yet which is absolutely what you should do <laughs> So I feel like it's this enormous exercise in me desperately trying not to judge somebody for doing something different or doing something differently, which might be totally fine. I mean, who's to say I did it right? Thea is a totally different person.
0: Mm. I think it's it is it's so interesting, isn't it, that that we do tend to judge on either, either how we would do it, well, I wouldn't do it like that, and therefore I think you're doing it wrong because I'm older bigger wiser those kinds of things but as you say if your mm. if your outcome isn't being judged on the same metric if if Theo's not as fussed as about the the, the numbers and letters at the end as you were mm-hmm. then his approach is a balance of different things isn't it yeah. which um which I think then does make that whole experience much more individual I think what's really encouraging as well actually listening to you talk there was that Theo's now sort of taking a bit more ownership of this granted he was prompted by listening to um a previous podcast episode which is fantastic on a personal level <laughs> De- delighted it spark yeah, something yeah, yeah absolutely but actually i think that's really good as well i mean we with jake our eldest when he was doing his gcse's i think the point at which you went to the counsellor was broadly when i went into let's try screaming and shouting mode <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm in no position to to judge anyone for their decisions at all because shouting certainly didn't help. It didn't help him and it didn't help me. But we were at this point where I'm going to let you I'm going to let you fail to prove that what you're doing is is going to fail, which would be fine if he then changed anything as a result of it. So. We, As parents, we do mm. need to step back and then go, actually, right, banging my head against a brick wall is having every single output and effect that I, you would expect it to. So what can I do to change tack? Mm-hmm. And I was really surprised with Jake that actually giving him a bit of accountability or sort of, I guess it was a facade of accountability, really, manipulated him into thinking he was more in control than he was. But at least then he, he did step up and sort of take a bit more mm-hmm. ownership. And then the more- How did you do that? So for me, it was by planning. So we were much more obvious. As I say, with, in our situation, I'm very much like Jake is, cocky and lazy. <laughs> so of course I'll do well, I'm Jake, but without wanting to put the effort in. And so what I wanted to do was try to help him to, to visualise what it was he had to work on so that he could plan ahead and, and see. And I wanted to stop shouting at him about, don't you think you should be doing more work? Mm. Because unlike Theo, actually Jake is an incredibly competitive person and had these aspirations to be quantum physicist or brain surgeon or whatever it was that he had in mind at the time. And to get those, he'd need the numbers. Right. So he wouldn't have done himself any kind of service by by sort of not putting in his best effort. Because that's really hard for you guys, isn't it? It is, but also not at the same time. Because, as you say, although you can see what's you can see what's likely to happen, mm. I, I mean, you get to the point where you think actually, epiphany moment is I've broadly done everything that I can, short of hold your hand and write notes, which isn't going to be any good when it comes to the exam because I can't be there to do it.
1: Mm. So
0: up to this point, as I, said, I've, I think I've done everything, and um, then my last ditch attempt was a much more organised project management approach to his time and structuring which is um, where then the whole study buddy thing came from actually and and that really helped him and I think it helped him most because I wasn't shouting and I could sort of take myself out of that situation very much in the way it sounds that that you have So in terms of structuring just because it sounds fantastic what you did
1: we've asked Theo to do a plan he's proportioned just subjects a night and that's where the plan ends you see so I'm not sure how useful that... I mean, it's very useful in the sense that he knows tonight is biology. But in terms of what
0: happens next, there's a real dot, dot, dot there. <laughs> so for some, for some students, actually, that's ample. So... My wife, for example, would have been fine with that kind of approach because actually she's meticulous. And in her own head, she's got a a plan and a schedule and is timetabled everything to the nth degree without it having to be written down. For actually the vast majority of us normal people, actually, sometimes we could do with a bit more of a nudge. And so one of the things that we did with Jake was then break his subjects down. So rather than it being, I'm going to do biology tonight, it would be very specific. It's going to be biology, cell biology. My cell biology knowledge is rubbish, so I don't know what the next thing would be. But then we'd go down to the next layer. So maybe cell walls or plant cells or transport, that kind of thing. So he would actually know without having to think about it. What it was that he was going to do and so we we had a planning session (laughs) and this is my former corporate life coming through so we'd have uh, effectively a, a scrum meeting you know in a project management sense to sit down and work out what he's going to do in the coming week so it'd be flexible because sometimes he would have a rugby match that with school that wasn't expected or someone was having a party or a game was being released Whatever was important to him needed to be factored rather than this sort of rigid plan that they had just balked against.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And then, as I say, we would pop in these very, very specific units of work that he knew he had. And, and because we'd got them all, I'd spent a long time sort of creating these magnets with uh, his um. Units and subtopics and all of this kind of stuff on for all of his subjects. So he had this big to do list, a backlog of work, and then he'd allocate them because Jake's a procrastinator. So if he had to think about what it was I'm going to do, so in Theo's position tonight, he's doing biology. Jake would sit there for 45 minutes. Mulling over why the word biology is biology, um, whether or not he should have used a different pen when he was writing the word biology, sharpen some pencils. He'd do anything apart from work. And then might spend a little bit of time on something in biology that he was already comfortable with. And of course, that's not productive. As you said before, you really want to work on the things that you don't know as well as the things that you do. So it was that very precise, very specific. Nature of that plan that worked well for Jake hmm. I'd love to be able to do that with you. I'd love to be able to
1: sequence it for him. I just don't think he's going to allow us to do that. and it, I, I totally understand why because it's it's like you're taking away his wind. It feels like in a sort of i don't know it sounds very um spiritual, but it feels like I never had anybody looking over my shoulder. I can imagine it being very irritating. <laughs>
0: And it doesn't work for that kind of involvement. Doesn't work for for everyone, either as parents or as, um, as sort of our young people.
1: Well, it might have to if if his results, because he's very open. You know, he I think he is open to to new ways of doing things. If the mocks haven't been successful in terms of grading, he did say, "I'm I'm open to new ways of doing things."
0: Which is great. And I think it's great that you that he's in that position now where he does feel obviously like he's got much more responsibility about it. Because it's not mm-hmm. if I don't get the grades, what are you going to do about it? Or it's it's that sort of broad acceptance that, okay, I did it my way, in the immortal words mm-hmm. of Frank Sinatra, I'll meet your Beyonce reference and I'll give you Frank Sinatra. <laughs> But I say, well, let's try something different if it if it hasn't worked out perfectly. And I think that's right because we want them to, don't we? We want them to experiment, to have a go and to seek advice and guidance if it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, to play. Because I think a lot of – I was doing a lot of – in the in the early years, I was very much aware that he was missing stuff – Potentially, because he was his concentration wasn't there in a lesson always. Um, that I would we'd t- we'd prepare for tests and we'd we'd sort of take it back and do the whole thing again. You know, we'd do transportation or whatever it was, and I, I think very much God, hilariously, I would feel that Theo was ready for the test because I was ready for the test and I could have taken that test. Mm. And actually, I'm <laughs> chatting away, you know, like the Snoopy, you know, that wah 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 <laughs> in his ear. <laughs> he was probably going, yeah, uh huh, mm-hmm, uh huh. So you can understand that that's why that plant loses its leaves because it's getting rid of all the ways that it's losing water, isn't it? Do you understand? Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing all of the learning, and he's just saying yes. Whereas at least with Theo listening to the videos and watching them, he is ha- it's forcing him to engage, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Which is, I'm just, I'm just not a natural teacher. That's what's so so humbling and hilarious about this whole
0: journey as well. That you go, I, there is a reason why I don't teach. <laughs> It's, I think so many of us have found that we, over certainly over lockdown, the admiration I think for the teaching profession has shot up. Oh my goodness! Just couldn't do. It. And, yeah, but also as you say, sort of realise that we we should be much more comfortable give ourselves um, permission in um, to, to steal your counsellors' faces, to actually not have to know. I mean, we we don't need to know this for them to know it. it it's plenty of stuff that they that they do. That they know, and they've been. He said, "You know,
1: he said he's so he's so the adults, Theo." <laughs> he said, "Mom, I've been in the lessons." <laughs> <laughs> and you go, "Gosh, yes. There's a whole there's a whole world of learning that I have no idea about yes. that you are doing, <laughs> and some of it will be going in." But I also think as well, it's just been this huge journey for me as an individual as well to think whatever your future looks like, it's your future. And you know what? If you don't do academically well in your GCSEs, that's okay. Because there are plenty of jobs out there where you need completely different skills than to regurgitate loads <laughs> of facts. You know, the whole of school is geared up for a certain type of of child, isn't it? And they get pockets. If you're a creative individual, there's pockets of of loveliness that you can get your teeth into and do a brilliant job of. You know, his engineering teacher said... Oh, my goodness, he is incredible on a CAD machine. His ability to create creative ideas is incredible. He can create 20 different ways to design a stereo. Some of the kids in there, they'll do one, they'll do two, they all do 20. And so, you know, in a pocket of of that subject, he's amazing. But for the sort of boring essay writing stuff, you know, it's a
0: challenge. And you've got to wonder, haven't you, whether or not actually that level of innovation, creativity, thinking outside the box, all of those other great things actually comes because of that. Or maybe the the cost of that is that he doesn't want to sit down and be constrained to have to write an essay. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of us um, who would classify ourselves as maybe more creative would say uh it's my my room is untidy because i'm it's just my brain is chaotic and that's how i that's how i think about things Mm. and so you do wonder maybe there's just a trade-off as you say we should be finding other ways in which we can help the creative people like theo to sort of excel without having to go through this performative right of sitting in a room and and answer questions in a way that they don't want to
1: what I'm anxious about is that he, he's got such a lovely bunch of friends. But he's friends with all the ac- really academic lads. And he really wants to stay in sixth form. So I hope it works for him. You know, I hope he can mm. because he re- he's really enjoying his friendship group and he finds them so stimulating and sparky, which is that dichotomy of Theo. You know, he is baffling. As sometimes he's super engaged and in others he's... Mm you know, away with the band.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I think having that driver, it might be that it's come comparatively late. I say that I mean, it's obviously we're, we're only just starting the year and um, the final exams, touch wood that they take place, will be in sort of June. Mm-hmm. So there's, there is still time to turn the ship around. And so having that kind of goal um the, the realization that actually he needs the higher grades if he wants to do maths and art and stay at the place he's in. Do you think for Theo that will be enough of a uh, drive to help him sort of knuckle down and, and get on with it? I think. Hope, well, I hope. I hope so. If that's what he wants. We can be really hard on ourselves as parents, both in the expectations, of sort of 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 us and um, how we should be translating that onto our children, but also on us on our own abilities and what it is that we think we are capable of and should be capable of. And actually, we're doing really well. I and mean, we've, we've taught them to walk and talk and do all of the fundamental stuff that we can. There, there does come a point where, where I think we do need to just allow ourselves that that freedom, that permission to sort of say, actually, it's not, it may not be my time anymore. I know it's not a cliff edge, I think it's a, it a transition child taking over and they still need us and want us and and all of those kinds of things. But yeah, we need to start learning, I think, to take our foot off the pedal and, and letting them take over some more of this um driving, so to speak.
1: Mm. And just enjoy and enjoy them. I'd stopped enjoying Theo to the point where everything, everything I said to him was, So how's it going? Mm. <laughs> you know, do you want me to have a look at your art? No. <laughs> 'Cause I did A level art, so I'm you know, I loved it. It was my favourite. So you know, oh, maybe just do some more sketches or probably need to put some more in your book. You know, it was every interaction was me thinking I was
0: helping, adding value.
1: It must be so irritating.
0: Well it comes from a good place though, doesn't it? It's it's well intentioned, as you say. It's not it's not that you think oh, I'm gonna show him that I'm better at art than he was. Oh goodness, at his age. of course not. So but it is just that whole thing of, oh, have you thought about this? In the same way, you might have that conversation with um, a friend, if they were in a coffee shop showing you sketches and you might say, oh, I wonder what this might be like. But of course, for our children, I think they're they're predisposed to imagine that we're going to nag, mm. that we're, we're going to be talking to them about the fact that they should have done more. And maybe some of that comes from a bit of guilt in them that maybe deep down they're thinking maybe I should have done. And they don't want that to be brought to the surface. But yeah, it's it's so hard, isn't it?
1: Mm. But it was lovely that the, the one of the big things the counsellor um, gave me was the the courage to to realise that um, it, it doesn't make me a bad mum. To you know, to have a child who who gets whatever they get in their exams is no reflection on me.
0: I absolutely loved listening to Katie, and not just those soothing melodic tones of a professional voiceover artist. I thought her openness and honesty, not just about how her son's getting on, but also how she was struggling, was absolutely fantastic to hear. At one point or another, I think all, if not most of us, will have found ourselves frustrated by our children. Most commonly because of the amount of work that they're doing or the level of motivation that they have, when you compare it to what we would want them to have. And I don't think this is about us as parents being pushy. I think it's sort of because we know what is going to be expected of them and we want them to do their best. But sometimes, or perhaps I should say more often than not, what we might actually need to do is to take a bit of a step back and let them take the reins. I mean, that's hard, especially if you can predict that them taking the reins is going to lead to a failure or other sort of setback. Sometimes I think we see our children's successes as being a reflection or perhaps validation of ourselves as parents. And in some ways, actually, I think that's probably right. But for me and many others, this is going to be about how well-adjusted they are, whether they're well-mannered and polite, if they're contented and whether they're confident. I mean, what's important to us as parents and as as people will change from one to another. But I really struggle to think that our values should ever really include whether or not our children have reached academic excellence. I mean, God knows parenting is tough enough at times without us giving ourselves target grades for our children. And as Katie said, she's not responsible for her son's attainment. We are not responsible for our children's attainment. I think that what is incumbent on us as parents is to support and help in the way that our children need, which of course could be very different to what they think they might want. In Theo's case, he needs to do his mocks his way. That's uncomfortable to Katie, and it would be for a lot of us, I think, if we're being honest. But it's clearly the right thing to do here in their circumstances. In Stepping Back, Katie is giving Theo a sense of ownership and the freedom to make his own mistakes. So the key then is what happens afterwards. No matter how tempting I told you so might be, it's at this point that what they really need to do is review and then determine a better course of action. And I think it's absolutely part of our parenting role to help them to offer counsel and advice, which is what Theo said that they would do if this doesn't go well. The real trick, of course, lies in finding the right tone, the right approach, that will stop our parenting gems of wisdom being met with stereotypical teen resistance. But I think that this has helped when we know, and when they come to realize, that actually this really is all about them fulfilling their potential, not about our superimposed aspirations for them. My thanks to Katie for taking the time to chat and to you for listening. If you'd like to be on a future episode and share how things are going in your household, or perhaps you've got something that's playing on your mind, please do drop me an email. The address is hello at thestudybuddy.com. And if you're looking for ways that you can support your own young person to fulfil their potential in their revision, then why not head over to the Study Buddy website. There you'll find a whole host of information about our innovative time management and study organising approach and you'll also find a blog packed full of useful articles, hints, and tips. To find out more, why not make a beeline for thestudybuddy.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, I wonder if you'd mind leaving us a review, and if it's not too cheeky to ask, a five-star rating. It really does help us to reach other parents who, just like the rest of us, are looking for some sense in the run-up to exams. Of course... Please don't forget to share the link to this and other episodes on your social media weapon of choice. It's all greatly appreciated. There'll be another episode next week, so please don't forget to subscribe and follow the Study Sessions podcast.